0: Thank you for coming. Morning, Morning, everyone. Um, We're continuing on a little series. I I have not actually seen one of the little cards. um, What Christians Believe, I think. But you will see on your handout that our topic today is God Is. Uh, We're looking at who God is, what He is like. And I thought I'd start by sharing something of what I remember right at the beginning of when we moved here to the States, a couple of years ago now. Um, One of our first classes was the doctrine of God, which is what we're looking at today, who God is, what he is like. And the way these kind of classes start, um, it's always really boring right at the beginning. First class, they go through, they spend ages going through all the course requirements, all the details. And I'm like, we've read this already. Why are we doing that now? So I'm zoning out. And then the professor starts to talk about the course proper, starts to introduce it properly. And I still remember now, this is first class here in America, what's the phrase, uh, sh- uh, chills down my back. He starts to talk about the course properly and he says, look, we can grow in knowing things about God this semester, hopefully lots of things. We could grow in knowing things about God, but if we do not grow in knowing God, then we will have gained nothing of substance this entire semester. And I, that stuck with me ever since, Partly just for any study. Um, uh, of the Bible, but particularly this as we look at who God is and what he is like if we don't grow in knowing God uh, then we will have gained nothing of substance uh, in that semester in this hour uh, before we join everyone for the gathering. So with that in mind let me start by reading a few verses from uh, Romans chapter 11 I'll pray for us and then we'll dive in Romans chapter 11 verse 33 Oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has been a gift, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we are uh, humbled by the prospect of what we're going to look at this morning because we know that you are so great. And yet at the same time, we are excited, because we want to grow, uh, not just in knowing things about you, but in knowing you. And so we pray that by the power of your Spirit, you would make that the case this morning, that we might know you more deeply, and that we might uh, love you uh, more wholeheartedly, uh, that we might worship you all the more wholeheartedly. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Welcome to those who've joined since the start. Um, Let me introduce what we're looking at today. We're looking at the idea of God is, um, who God is, what he is like. Uh, And I just started by telling you about my first course here in America. Uh, I still remember how that professor taught it. And uh, don't worry, we won't do this here today, but he would like to at a random moment in any class. Uh, Pick on people, just in front of everyone, and ask them a question. No advance warning. Uh, What he would do is this: he'd look down the list, uh, kind of the class roster, pick a name, and then your ears perk up. Bang! Here comes the question. And I still remember how he started the class. First, I think it was that first session. Picks a name. The room falls silent. Everyone looks at the person. What's the question going to be? Does God exist? Total silence. And you can almost feel this guy kind of wincing out loud. You kind of, moment of quiet. Yes? (laughs) Everyone looks back at the professor. Dramatic pause. Good. And the whole class just kind of exhales. And we laugh at that moment because we know the answer, right? Does God exist? That's where we're starting. Is there a God? Does God exist? Yes, right? And yet at the same time, you know, we're confronted with that kind of questioning. Oh, well, maybe there's more to it. Maybe this is a trick question. Maybe you can't just say yes. And yet the interesting thing is when we come to the Bible, the Bible assumes that there is a God. It kind of presumes that there is a God. Um, when we turn to the scripture, it's not like uh, it pre- kind of presents God as this little theory, another idea that we can throw into the mix of ideas in our culture. Um, I've heard it put this way. It treats God, not completely like this, but as if he's gravity just assumes he's there Uh, we know how the bible begins in the beginning god and so we answer this question is there a god yes does god exist yes then of course then here comes the next question probably the harder question Uh, how do you know and back in that class that was the follow-up question for the next person that took a bit longer to answer how do you know now, we won't do that this morning. I won't pick on anyone to say, how do you know God exists? But what we will do is, maybe we can turn into twos and threes where we're sitting, and we can start with this question. How do you know? We say that there is a God. You know, we come together to worship the living God. Yeah, God exists. How do you know? Um, is that okay? If we turn into twos and threes, I'll give you a couple of minutes. Uh, don't worry about getting a full, comprehensive answer. What are some of the first things that come to mind? How do you know? And then we'll feed back together.
1: I was going you I a I to ask you to the question. question. I know. like I
0: Okay, I'm going to rudely interrupt because I know it's totally dissatisfying to start answering a question and not get enough time to answer it. Um, would anyone be happy to just share even just a little snippet of what you guys talked about? Uh, starting point is this, is there a God? We said, yep, God exists. Uh, how do you know? What might you say? Just as a starting point. He
1: fills me, me with peace
0: unlike anything else. Okay, yeah, big time.
1: He fills me with peace unlike anything else. Everything that was created
0: had a creator. So the earth and the universe had to have had a start.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah, Jeff? This is a partial uh, explanation.
0: He does good for us beyond reason. Hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely. Thank you, Jeff. Any other things people want to share? How do we know, yeah?
1: I would say the complexity and order of the creation from the smallest detail to the greatest, you know, uh, universal
0: program. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure there's lots more we could share as well. You'll see on your sheets, um, just as a starting one, there's only one thing that we'd want to have in mind. Uh, how do we know that God exists? How do we know that God is there? he's made himself known. He's told us that he's there. God reveals himself, uh, both generally, and we'll start with that, but also specifically. God reveals himself generally. I do want to turn with me to Psalm 19. Uh, This morning we'll do a lot of flicking around. I was going to put the uh, uh, verses on the screen, but it's quite nice to kind of see it in the Bible. So Psalm 19, verse 1. Let me read that for us. Uh, Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies above proclaim his handiwork. Uh, What we get is this picture painted for us, almost an invitation of, look out at the world. Uh, Look at how majestic the skies above us are. Look at how beautiful the world around us is, how intricate it is, um, how kind of woven together things are. And look at that, and just listen. Have a listen. What do you hear? Uh, Maybe you hear some background hum of traffic. Maybe you hear some kids crying, depending on where you are. Uh, Maybe you hear the wind blowing the trees around. But in and through all of that, Psalm 19 says we actually hear a sermon on repeat. No words. uh, Maybe no audible sounds. But verse 2, day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor other words whose voice is not heard. Uh, Their voice goes out through all the world and their words to the end of the uh, end of the world. Uh, God is speaking through what he has made. See, as we're stunned by the world around us, in the various ways that kind of it catches our eye, uh, God says, that tells us something. I mean, just think of how big the world is. And as someone who's a guest in America, America feels particularly big. Proportions are all the same, but it seems like there's a magnifying glass here. I'm pretty sure that if I go back to the UK... It'll feel like a miniature museum. America, everything is big. It's awesome. I love it. And the world at large is even bigger. And God says, that tells us something. It isn't silent. God has revealed himself generally. Um, you put it this way, the creation that communicates something, communicates to us that there is a creator. Uh, do you want to turn back to me, uh, with me to Romans chapter 1? Uh, pick on a similar idea here. Romans chapter 1. And verse 19, uh, let me read that. For what can be known about God is plain to them, uh, everyone, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Do you see what Paul's saying? He's making the similar point. As you look around at the world around us, its magnificence, its beauty, the fact that it is there, it says something. God has not stayed silent. Um, God, we might not be able to see Him with our naked eye. He's invisible. And yet Paul is saying here, the visible has made the invisible clear to us. God has revealed Himself generally. He has made Himself known. He's not been silent. Um, And you see the the way Paul describes it here Uh, what can be known about god is plain to them god has shown it to them he's active in this Uh, they've been clearly perceived in the things that have been made as we look out the world we might say creation uh, but not just out there because we ourselves have been created uh, in our own hearts in our minds our consciences Uh, later in romans paul will speak about how god has written the law on our hearts Uh, sure, we might disagree as to kind of what that looks like in the world. People have various opinions. And yet, we hold on to them so dearly, don't we? We're convinced that there is a right and a wrong. We might argue about what those rights and wrongs are. And yet, deep down, we fight for them. Uh, There is value in a human being. There are things that we do to other things that we don't do to human beings. And we fight for that. In our conscience, in the world around us, God has revealed himself that he is there Uh, is there a God there is a God and he's spoken to us And see what Paul is saying his argument is this that everyone knows that there is a God Um, right at the end of what I read uh, so that they are without excuse now of course in our experience a lot of people won't acknowledge that there is a God a lot of people say no I don't think there is a God God doesn't exist and Paul kind of helps us understand why that might be the case verse 21 for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. See so what Paul's saying here? We all know that there is a God, and yet what we do with that knowledge, well, that's a, a question of our hearts, isn't it? See, so in our sin, we said, well, I kind of don't want that. Um, verse 18, just before what we read, speaks about suppressing the truth. Uh, God has made himself known, he's revealed himself generally, and yet in our hearts, We push that away. Now, what this gives us, it gives us a great little, and I heard uh, some people talking about this, gives us a great little window into how we might speak to people about Jesus. Um, It gives us a great way into understanding what actually people do know deep down. There's something there. They know that there is a God. And that gives us a great encouragement to say, wow, there's something there to reach for as we speak to people about Jesus. Uh, Sadly, that's not going to be our topic today. Uh, That'll be a whole other mobilized series. Um, But for this, we can just say this: God has made himself known. God has revealed himself generally, but He's also revealed himself specifically. People will uh, describe it like this: a uh, general revelation and special revelation. A uh, general revelation, that's what we've just kind of touched on now, how God makes himself known to everyone, everywhere, um, through the world around us, through our own selves. God has made himself known, but also, God has made him known, uh, himself known specifically. Through Jesus and through his word. this word that testifies to Jesus. God has made himself known specifically. And it's as we turn there that we get to see more of what God is like. See, as we look at the world around us, God has made himself known generally. We know that there is a God. But as we look at his word, we can start to see more of what he is like. And really, that's what our focus is this morning. Um, In some ways, that's by way of introduction. There is a God, but what is he like? And it's as we turn to scripture that we can see that. And so what I'm going to do is actually send you back into those twos and threes. Uh, You'll see in your handout, uh, under that second heading, what is God like? There's a few little subheadings. God is blank. There we go. It's a little game show. God is blank. God is blank. God is blank. Uh, Under each of those subheadings is a little box with a few verse references. What I'd like you to do in those twos and threes is look at some of those verses. And the question is, uh, what do these verses tell us about what God is like? Is that okay? Um, What do these verses tell us about what God is like? Don't worry about getting through all of them. Uh, Just trying to make sure you get to at least one or two from each box. Have a little think about that, and then we'll feed back together. (laughs)
1: is <laughs> stated <laughs> Something about uh, You
0: somebody
1: the and that's Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs>
1: I <laughs> 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 we'll have another minute
0: or so just a heads
1: up <laughs> not sure so, so
0: Okay, let's come back together. Uh, Should we start with the first one? Um, That first cluster of verses, Romans 11, Exodus 3, Acts 17. Anyone willing to share um, a snippet of what they talked about? God is all.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. God is all. Nice. Or all. Sorry. God is all. Um, <laughs> any other any other things to add to that?
1: Self-sufficient.
0: Hmm. What do we mean by self-sufficient? It's
1: like the first the, the in Exodus, I am who I am. In Acts we saw, like, he's not needy of us. Hmm. Um, he yeah. has us.
0: that's great self-sufficient no thank you Kate hmm yeah Can't put him in a little box and look at him from the outside yeah no definitely Uh, one way we could uh, try to sum all of that up not this isn't there's different terms you could use for this but God is he's independent Um, some would describe this as God's aseity he has life from within himself as Kate said he's self-sufficient he's not dependent On anyone or anything uh, for who he is, for what he does. Um, In fact, everything else, everything else is dependent on him. And I love, yeah, that kind of, the the both sides of it captured in uh, Acts 17. Um, Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. He's not a needy God. He didn't need us. That's not why he made the world. He's not dependent on anything. Uh, No, the contrast. Uh, since He himself gives life uh, gives to all mankind uh, life and breath and everything. God is independent. He is not dependent on anyone or anything. Um, I love the term self-sufficient because that's something that we like to use to describe ourselves, isn't it as adults? I am, an, I am independent, I am self-sufficient. Uh, yeah, obviously in many ways we are and that you know we can do a lot in a day. And yet you just, I mean, it's a trivial comparison, but just think, when a storm comes in, especially where we live in Orland, the power, every time, it just goes out. And it's embarrassing, because we get to the evening, and we're like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> uh, like, do, we, do we just talk? Do we, do we just go to bed? And like, What do we do? You know, we think we can do so much, and yet we are so dependent, not just electricity, but everything else. It's not like God is just a big, popular ruler as well. You know, he's not dependent on votes. Uh, or public opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, most of the world doesn't think he exists. Oh, he's going to be waning in his influence. He's not dependent on that. He is independent. He has life from within himself. Everyone else is dependent on him. Uh, that means, of course, uh, we know he's not voted in as God. But he doesn't need our religious acts. Oh, he needs a bit more prayer, a bit more devotion. That will give him that boost that he needs to do his things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need us. God is independent. Um, his enemies stand no chance against him because it's not like god is just uh the next one up in the chain Uh, pretty powerful but you know if you could get just behind that or above that then you can knock out the power cord now god is independent everything else uh comes from him and of course uh we cling to this don't we Uh, we say god is in control it's how we encourage each other it's what we hold on to in the hardest of times god is sovereign we say well friends this is why because he is not dependent on anyone or anything. No, everything else is dependent on God. God is independent. Um, it's also, it, or it gives us confidence. It also leaves us in awe. I mean, who do we know? I mean, the Bible says, who is there like you? There is none like you. And no one else is independent like God is independent. And as much as we want to be independent, uh, we know that we're not. There is none like him. God is independent. Uh, should we jump to the next box? Uh, the Psalm 1 or 2, Malachi 3. Uh, what do people say about this? Anyone wanting to share?
1: God never changes.
0: God never changes. Thank you, Gwyneth. Yeah. Any other thoughts that, to throw into that?
1: Eternal. Always was.
0: Always will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, God is unchanging. Um, some would describe this in a bit of jargon for you. God is immutable. This is God's immutability. He does not change, but he also cannot change. Um, now Malachi 3, uh, Malachi three verse. Um, it's the foundation for the salvation of his people. Malachi 3. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. That's the reason. If God flip-flopped, uh, they could get consumed one day. <laughs> no, that's the reason. God is unchanging. Deservedly so. uh, sorry, deservedly so. And deservedly so, but wonderfully for us. No, God does not change. He stands firm in His promises. Uh, the Psalm 102 passage, I won't read that. The comparison is made with the foundations of the earth. and We, we think that's pretty unchanging. Uh, we don't see it over our lifetime, something just completely changing. And yet, as secure and unchanging as that might seem... The psalm pictures it like a garment. It can just change. It get changed. But God does not change. Um, he is unchanging. And so he's not like the unpredictable people we know in our lives. Not that we're unpredictable. You know, the other people who are unpredictable. Um, or you just think uh, on, on the high school playground. If I remember when I moved school um, during high school. Um, you know, you, you're breaking into new friendship groups. It's never easy. But you get to the end of like one week and like, oh, I'm making some progress on the Friday. Oh, maybe I've got some friends now. You get back on Monday and as if they don't know you. It's horrible. <laughs> this is, this is a, a, a deep wound for me. Um, but, but it's horrible, isn't it, when people are unpredictable. Um, or maybe a more current example. You know, maybe we have a boss that's a unpredictable. By the end of a Friday, this is where we're going. Great. Right, okay, we know what we're doing. You get back in the office on Monday. Everything's in disarray. Uh, he's changed his mind. He wants to do something else. Now, God is not unpredictable like that. God is unchanging. Um, he's not ruled by emotions, um, captured by that. Um, he's not tossed about by different circumstances such that, you know, in different seasons. Well, I don't know what God is going to be like now. God is unchanging. He's that rock in the midst of the sea. Uh, now, it's worth pausing here just for a moment because... When we start looking at the fact that God is unchanging, uh, it can throw up some questions. Uh, It's a bit of a risk because we probably won't be able to actually answer these questions. So this might be a can of worms that we open. But God is unchanging, we see this. We see this in what we just looked at. And yet, in the Bible and in our experience, we know that God responds. Um, God answers prayers. Um, In the Bible, we see times when God says he'll do something. And then someone says something else. And then God seems to do something different to what he said. You think, well, is that God unchanging? Doesn't that look like God is changing? Um, what about when he acts differently at different times? He brings judgment at one time. And then at a different time, he brings blessing. You think, wait a second, that's what God was unchanging. Why doesn't he just bring blessing all the, all the way through? Um, now, we won't be able to answer this obviously wholly now, but uh, maybe we can make a start at thinking about how we might kind of grapple with some of these questions. But Dan?
1: Yeah, he's unchanging in, in the fact that he always knows what's best. Hmm. So if this situation requires something different, he knows. Hmm. If this, this situation requires, he knows. Yeah. So, you know, he's unchanging in the fact that he always knows what's best. Yeah,
0: oh, that's very helpful. Yeah. We have a big enough view of what God could see and good, no, yeah, just
1: totally Mhm. So
0: mm-hmm, yeah, especially yeah, when it comes to time, and they now God, if he's going to act, he has to act now, um, but actually he's, a little more, yeah.
1: Part of it is his timelessness. Like, we see things in a progression. Oh, this happened, yeah. and this happened, and this happened. But he's yeah. seeing it from all angles, hmm. from the future looking back, from the, looking forward at the same time all at the same time. Mm. So he sees everything at once. Yeah. So, so to us it seems disjointed. Like, okay, well this wouldn't happen if this didn't. But he's like he's it's all there for him at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard for us. We can't comprehend that. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks different to us than it looks to him. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. We get a bit of that in that the, the final box of verses <coughs> that we looked at, didn't we? Just one more Mike, yeah.
1: His character is doubles with what was said. His character is unchanging. So how he interacts with us may sort of look different to us, whether it's blessing or judgment. But it's all, whatever he's doing, is always out of the same love and justice hmm. and righteousness and mercy all together at the same time that but what is required of his proper response to us mm. is, is the
0: difference. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, we see this even in our own experience, don't we? Uh, just think with our children, if we have children, our friends, our, we will act differently towards them depending on the situation. But that doesn't mean that we're changing. And so our daughter, Abby's in our house, we call it bad listening. If she does bad listening on Monday, she's going on the naughty step. Uh, but if she does good listening, we say, on Tuesday, then you know, maybe she gets a treat or a, or a reward or something. Uh, but that doesn't mean I've changed. No, no, I, I'm perfectly consistent. Um, <laughs> I'll meet out justice. Um, but of course, imagine then if she did good listening on Tuesday and she went back on the naughty step, then that would be harsh. She'd say, well, well she wouldn't say this, but you'd say, oh, well, that's inconsistent. Uh, you'd hear Tear, tears, of, uh, t- tears of anger at my injustice. She'd say, No. One, uh, one circumstance requires one thing, another circumstance requires another thing. That doesn't mean that I've changed. Now, obviously, it's a broken analogy because I am inconsistent, but God isn't. God is unchanging. And so, yes, yeah, through time and space, actually, no, he acts one way at one time in a different way in another time. Uh, what about the fact that he responds? Um, that can, particularly some passages in the Bible where it feels like oh, God does a complete U-turn. Then wait a second. How, how can that be? If he does that then, well, what if he will do it again? Uh, how can we have confidence in that kind of situation? But I think what some people were sharing, uh, t- to an extent, is we can't, have a, we can't kind of get a big enough view of God's control. And so maybe this is at least one way we can think about it, is that God has ordained something to happen. He says, no, I'm going to do this. And then, say, a prophet says, no, 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 What? Oh, please don't. But of course, who is it that caused that prophet to say that? Who is it that planned for that prophet to say that? Who is it that enabled that prophet to say that? God as well. God is, we saw just now, independent. He's the one in control of everything. Everyone else has life and breath and everything from God. So he's the one who is actually in control of that as well, that he's then chosen to respond to. So that's at least one way. Again, we can't really wrap our heads around it. uh, But that's at least one way of thinking about God is still in control. God is unchanging, even though uh, we see that he responds. And he responds to our prayers. Not that he's dependent on our prayers, but in his great kindness, he uses our prayers in the way he acts. Um, God is unchanging. In some ways, there'll be all sorts of different kind of questions like this that we can come across in the Bible. And the way we go about it is this. We, We see what the Bible says clearly. We just saw now in these verses. God is unchanging. And we see elsewhere that God does respond. God does act kind of differently in different times. Um, And so we got to hold on to both. So we know that he's not unchanging in a way that means that he's just this abstract, removed thing out there, unrelated to the world. Uh, We see that he acts and responds, but not in a way that he's contained within the world and controlled by people around him. Um, So these kind of things, they keep each other in check as we try to understand these things that, that we can't really understand fully. And then we humbly accept it's going to be mystery here. If we could really understand all of these, how things could work, um, then we wouldn't have mobilized sessions on this. Um, God is unchanging. And that means he's dependable. Um, we can hold on to this. Uh, we were chatting earlier, Jeff was saying, the circumstances, the society around us, it changes. Oh, so unpredictable. Um, I'm still too young to be able to say this, but for those here who have lived long enough to be able to say, well, in, m- in my generation, things are like this. And you see things change season by season, year after year. And yet God, he is unchanging. He is utterly dependable. And we can hold on to his promises. Um, Why don't we move on to that final box then? Uh, Psalm 139, Jeremiah, Psalm ninety, What do we get for this? Oh, now you go for it, Dan.
1: Okay, uh, we're talking. 339 7%, it's talking about how big God is he's everywhere his spirit um, he's in the heavens so just how awesome and how big he is but in verse 10 even even though he's this awesome big God his hand there for us hmm. he has a, his hand is for me. But not just for me, but he's all, his hand is also there to comfort me. So it's not just to guide me, but he's also there to comfort me. Mm. So uh, he's, that's pretty amazing to me. Yeah. That, that this awesome guy we're talking about mm. is there to comfort me and have his hand out for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's oh, definitely something to treasure, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, Thank you, Dan. Any other thoughts to add into that from these verses? What do these verses tell us about what God is like? Hmm, yeah, he's present everywhere. In space and time, yeah. let start, we could have a film night on Interstellar and understand the space-time continuum. Um, one way we could put it like this is God is infinite. Uh, there's no limit to his perfections. Uh, Psalm 145, verse 3, his greatness is unsearchable. We can't quite get to the end of it. We say, oh, God is great. That's what we learned this morning. How great? You know, this great. Oh, no! This, you know, we, we can't put a limit to it. He's infinite. God's infinity. And as Sue said, we can kind of see that in both time and space. He's not limited by space. Um, he is present everywhere. People speak of his omnipresence. Um, it's not like he's just the God of one country. You know, here in this place, now God is here. We start venturing out, well, maybe his influence will wane a little bit. No, God is everywhere. God's presence is not limited by space. It's not like we have to go on a pilgrimage to certain places uh, to kind of reconnect with God. You know, we went to this fancy place and think, wow, we found God there. Go back to our normal lives and God doesn't seem to be here anymore. I I wish we could go back. That's not how it is. Uh, God isn't limited by space. God is present everywhere. And yet at the same time we see all the way throughout Scripture and in our experience that there's a way in which we can say there's a kind of a special intensity of God's presence uh, with his people. He was there in the garden with Adam and Eve. He's there in the temple. That was what marked out uh, Israel from all the other nations. Uh, he's there in Jesus Christ as he walked along the earth. He's with us in our hearts by his spirit now. Um, and yet at the same time, he's not limited by space. Um, I was talking to the group at the back. This analogy might not be good. It just came to me, but I was saying that um, Wendy, when she speaks with people, she's really good at being in the moment. When you're speaking with her, you think, wow, she's present here right now. Uh, and I'm sure some of you can testify. When you speak to me, it doesn't seem like that. I'm kind of, put my mind elsewhere. I'm talking to you. I'm smiling, but no, I'm not really there. Um, I've got a good peripheral vision. I'm thinking, oh, we're well, running late. Or, There's something else that needs tending to. Uh, God's not like that. Uh, God is present. He really is with us. And yet, it's not like he's so present with some people. He's like, oh, there's another country. I forgot. One second. I'll be back. I gotta go. God isn't limited by space. God is present everywhere, but He's also not limited by time. Uh, from everlasting to everlasting, who was and is and is to come, He is uh, not limited by time. He's eternal. We say, no beginning or end. He's not like a king. You can't kind of write up a timeline for God, like kings of old, where you know the start of their reign, the end of their reign, and they pass on the baton to someone else. And no beginning and no end. And yet more than just length of time. And this is the bit that really kind of baffles us. He stands outside of time. He's not subject to the passing of time. This is what Carl was saying before. He's not kind of located within time such that he's subject to the passing of time. Uh, Think of it this way. And we'll close with this. Uh, Our experience of time, we're constrained by it we live each day moment by moment day by day year by year and there are things in the past that we wish we could change uh, regrets things that happened that are sad and that we wish we could fix we wish we could go back and fix it and yet we keep getting ushered along moment by moment uh, maybe i used a bad analogy earlier i wish i could fix it i can't go back that's it um, there's all these if only's in our life or what ifs as we look back but also as we look forward and well, we have no idea what's going to happen. We have all these hopes and dreams, things that we plan for, and yet at the same time, all of them come with these anxieties and fears of the unknown, and we know that we can't control the outcome. Uh, we're located within time. And as much as we like watching time-travel movies, we can't do anything about it. And see, we experience t- um, time day by day, moment by moment. Uh, some are good days
1: experience refers to consciousness. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Siri. (laughs) Um, We experience things day by day. Uh, We wish we could fix things. We wish we could control things. And yet we know we can't. Um, Some days are good. Some days are sad. Uh, Some days are expected. Some days are really very unexpected. And yet here's uh, the promise or the the confidence we can have because God is not limited by time. Uh, Friends, not one of those days is outside of his reach. from Everlasting to everlasting. Not one of those days is outside of his reach. Uh, Not one of those days, it takes him by surprise. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And not one of those days falls outside of his purposes. He uses all things to bring about his good purposes. Uh, God is eternal. God is omnipresent. He is infinite. Um, Why don't we stop there? This is only part one. Um, So just as a summary, we looked at is there a God? Um, what is God like? God's existence. Uh, God's uh, attributes we call it. And this is only part one. Next week we'll look at a few more attributes. But uh, why don't I pause there. I'll pray for us. And then I'll stick around if anyone wants to chat more. Or to, to share more or have any questions. But why don't I pray for us. For from him and through him and to him are all things forever. Father we praise you. Uh, for what you've shown us this morning. Uh, We praise you, uh, not just for what you've done for us, but we praise you for who you are. Lord, you are beyond our comprehension, and that is awesome. Father, we praise you that you are there, and that you aren't just this uh, slightly bigger version of ourselves with kind of superpowers bolted on. You are God, and you are awesome. And so we pray that you would uh, deepen our understanding of that, not that we might be puffed up and be able to tell others, you know, we learned some attributes of God, but that we might fall on our knees and worship you as we ought. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.